Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. Okay, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. We're in part 4 of a series called Welcome Home, and we've talked about God welcoming us into His family, pursuing us, and inviting us to join Him, to participate, and it's awesome. The second week, we talked about relationships. Once we get into the family of God, it's like, hey, there's all these other people, and they're different and stuff, and we got to learn to walk with each other, right, and, and work through stuff, and that's not just... Oh, an a, a unfortunate consideration or something. It's actually part of how God's working His plan to make things right in the world is have us close enough together, life on life with each other, to actually have to work through some stuff, work through some barriers, work through some problems that come up along the way. And then last week, we talked about the mission and purpose of God's people and how that's getting worked out here at Christ Fellowship. And I, I encourage you, now I don't do this very often, but to listen to that message. If you want to know who we are, what we're about, where we're going, how we're trying to do things, last week's message on the, online would be a great way to do that. And so I uh, encourage you to do that as well. So this week, it's another mark of us, is a mark of welcome home here is is Jesus teach us to pray. This is also a word, though, for our movement, the Antioch movement. Jimmy shared this word a few weeks ago down in Waco, the Antioch movement leader, and, and felt like this is the word, the banner phrase for the movement this year is Jesus teach us to pray, or maybe Jesus teach us to pray again. Because some of us have, we've learned how to pray, but the message today is about let's have a learner's heart. Let's just act like we don't know what to do, and let's go for it this year in learning to pray, having that learner's heart. So let's pray this uh, just together. Um, You can do it silently, but just, Jesus, teach us to pray. Jesus, teach us to pray. And, And if you would, feel grace to do this. Just say, Jesus, teach me to pray. Jesus, teach me to pray. Yeah, amen. You know, there's so many benefits of answered prayer, promises of answered prayer. And Jesus just like over and over. If you were to go through all the promises of answered prayer in the New Testament, it'd be like a series. But I'm just like seven times in a row in the Gospel of John, he just boom, over and over and over. You know, we said last week, we sang that song, Yes and Amen. Uh, uh, Prompt me somebody. All your promises are yes and amen. Second uh, Chronicles, Second Corinthians. Uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 20. No matter how many promises you've made, they're yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so you've got Jesus going in John 14, verses 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in prayer, I will do it. And you go, I don't know if that's big stuff. Well, it's actually the context of miracles is what he's talking about there when he says, and whatever you ask. You know, I've done all this, but you're going to do even greater things. Whatever you ask, I will do it. Why? He qualifies it and says, in order to bring glory to the Father. John 15, 7. If you remain in me, ask whatever, and I'll do it. John 15, verse 16. I think it says 19, but it's it's actually verse 16. says, I've appointed you to bear fruit. So ask, and you'll receive. I want you to bear fruit. Ask, pray, seek, knock, do all those things. and, And I'll answer the prayer. John 16, 24. Father, 
The Father will give whatever you ask in my name, and your joy will be complete. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 is a passage we use a lot around here, but it's he promises to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's like a big promise, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And I'm going to go ahead and plant a seed right now that God's wanting us to pray big prayers. And I've got, a, I've got some ideas about that as this message goes on, but just big prayers. So there's promises of answered prayer. There's benefits of prayer. And so I know this is kind of a, a big group for this, but let's just brainstorm a minute. What are some of the benefits of praying? Why would you want to pray? I mean, because if you can get a lot of whys, it'll motivate you to want to pray, right? So what are some, what are some benefits of praying? Just shout it out and we'll one at a time. What's that? So, encouraging yourself. You get encouraged. Edification. You're edified when you pray. What else? Intimacy with the Father. Absolutely. Who doesn't? I mean, this is the desire of our hearts is intimacy, right? Bring down the darkness. So we, we pray. It helps us resist temptation. It helps us overthrow the work of the enemy, his schemes in our life. When we're praying, we're alert. We're alert for his schemes when we pray, right? Seeing our part, we partner with God and we part, part of how we do that is through prayer. He's waiting on us to pray. It's like he could have already done everything, but he's waiting on us to pray in the will of heaven on the earth. He wants to partner with men and women on the earth. Somebody over here. Aligning our hearts with God's will. So here's one of the things that happens when we pray, when we delight ourselves in God. You know, this is Psalm 37, 4. It says he gives us the desires of our hearts. And part of how he does that is he recalibrates our desires with his desires. As we're in his presence, you know, we get aligned with him, right? Okay, I'm not just going to preach everybody's comments, but throw one more. Yeah. To, to, to have life? To, to give to others. Absolutely. So we get encouraged, we get, we get revelation, we get insight, and we receive his love so that we can give insight, revelation, and give his love to other people. Isn't that good news? Okay, so I, I could keep doing that, but I've got other things to say. But it's awesome, all these benefits, confidence, God's presence, a renewed mind, wisdom, clarity, direction, forgiveness, energy. Who needs some energy? I mean, if you, if you pray a little bit, you'll find your energy level goes up. It's just, it's almost counterintuitive to us to say, I'm going to take some downtime over here to pray. But the reality is it changes our lives. Prayer changes things. It helps us fight temptation, distraction, worry, anxiety. All those different things are fought in the place of prayer. It brings salvation. It brings God's reign, God's kingdom, God's worship, God's endurance. And it refills our emotional tanks. Okay, so when you're giving, you're outputting, you know, and your tanks are, eh, I'm getting a little bit weary here emotionally. Think about David. David, one time, he had the Amalekites steal all of his wives and uh, all the, the mighty men, all his armies, wives and children, and they were wanting to kill him. They were just like upset, and he had to go find his strength in God. This is 2 Samuel 30. He goes and he finds, he strengthens himself in the Lord. That's what happens when we get down, we're worn out, we're emotionally tired. You know, sometimes we need to get with some brothers and sisters and laugh a little bit, but sometimes what we need to do is pray. Straight up, pray. So these are huge reasons. Here's the main thing I'm saying today, in one soundbite. 
God's calling us to a learning attitude so that Jesus can teach us to pray again and again. Now let's just read this together. Here's the thing. Let's read it together. God is calling us to a learning attitude. Guys, pause. Let's do it like everybody really enthusiastically. God is calling us to a learning attitude so that Jesus can teach us to pray again and again. We need this for our personal lives. We need it for our families. We need it for our church. We need it for our work situations. We need it for what God's doing in our movement. I mean, we're in the middle of something right now. We really, we really are around the, I, I think there was over 6,000. There was uh, at World Medic, there was uh, 10 different locations around the nation. Over 6,000 people tuned into that. 2,000 there at the, at the place there at Antioch. And, and the Lord's moving. I think we, we, uh, we watched about 50 people, missionaries, long-term missionaries being sent out from different churches up on the screen. Hey, I'm Matthew from Omaha. And, and we're sending out Joe, Steve, Betty, you know, 10 people he names off behind him. You know, and then somebody pops on, hey, I'm Fred from Houston. And we're sending out some more names <laughs> of people. You know, and so, awesome, great, wonderful. We're part of something. And so... We need a prayer movement. We need a prayer movement. We don't just sort of, we need a prayer movement. You think about the things that God's called us to take on. We are committed to reaching the unreached and the unengaged of the world. That's what God's called us to do, to reach the unreached and the unengaged of the world. And they're all around us. And it's not just across water where you go find people that are unreached and unengaged. Our city, I, I was just in a, we had a pastor's meeting the other day. And uh, some guys came up from Austin, and they were talking about a category that I wasn't that familiar with called nuns. And nuns aren't like, it's not like, you know, it's not, not nuns like ladies in a convent, but nuns, N-O-N-E-S, nuns, no religious affiliation. In 1990 in America, the nuns were 4% of the U.S. In 2000, it doubled, 8% of the U.S., no religious affiliation. In 2010, it doubled again, 16%. 16% no religious affiliation at all. You think, just follow me. 2015, 19%. And I'm like, wow, one in five Americans, no religious affiliation. Just none. I'm not talking about like nominal Christians that, you know, a lot of people see themselves as nominal Christians because they went to church when they were a kid or they drive by a church, you know, and kind of have that good feeling you know, or something where Americans were Christians. And so it got me to thinking about Tarrant County. And I went and did research Thursday afternoon after I got back from that lunch. And th Thursday afternoon, I found out that in 2000, we were double. Uh, no, wait, way more than double. We were 32% no religious affiliation in the year 2000 in Tarrant County. 510,000 of the 1.4 million people, 32%. And then in 2010, that number had sharply spiked, sharply spiked, way outgrowing the evangelical presence and gain in, in, our, in our city and in our county. I mean, it was like mind-blowing. The number had gone up in two, to 2010 to 44 percent, no religious affiliation whatsoever. Not Christian, not Buddhist, Muslim, Islam, you know, nothing. And and I was telling Kim this, and she said, well, just today at lunch, I had a, there was a drug rep who was in, in her office and, and uh, said, somebody was kind of trying to, joking about setting him up with somebody, and he said, oh, she's a Christian? 
I, I, I don't have any religious affiliation whatsoever. I wouldn't be interested in doing that. So that's 810,000 people in 2010. I don't know what the number is right now, but that's 810,000 back in 2010. And you're like, you want to know where the mission field is? This is why we sold our homes and moved here to Fort Worth. And it, it stirs me up. I'm, I'm getting, I was just, you know, I came out of my office and I, I just Micah and some people, I'm like, whoa, man, I'm just, I'm kind of rocked right now. I didn't know this. I mean, I know there's people that need Jesus like crazy, but I didn't know it was like four out of 10, you can go out on the street, four out of 10 people say no religious affiliation. Come on. I mean, we need to pray. We need a prayer movement. That's the first thing. Second thing is that we're called to take on sexual immorality. And we need prayer for that because it is ravaging us, our country, our nation. We need a breakthrough in our own lives. We need a breakthrough in our church. We need a breakthrough in our city. And we need prayer to help lead the way for renewed minds and commitment to holiness and walking in the joy of purity and intimacy with God. You know, that's why we're doing what we're doing with the anti-trafficking stuff, Unbound. And we want to see breakthrough happen, but it's going to take prayer. The third piece, we're called to take on racial reconciliation. We want to have a multicultural, multi-ethnic church here because that's what our city's like. The wall is down in Christ Jesus. The wall is down and we have to get out of our comfort zone and go eat some meals with people and take steps that we haven't taken before in order for us to be the church of Jesus Christ in all of its beauty. Kind of starting to preach. Racial reconciliation. We've all got stuff to deal with. We all do. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to grow in this area. The fourth thing is that we're committed to being the church, the church being the church in every sphere of society. No matter where you're at, the devil does not want this message to get out. He doesn't want you to see yourself as a missionary wherever you are, whatever your vocation is, but that's how we see ourselves. It's not optional. It's not a secondary thing. It's not like, hey, we may get around to this. We get really committed one day and do the 501 missionary class or something. No, to be in the church is to be a part of the mission. That's what God's called us to do. And then just fifthly, the final thing here on this prayer movement piece is there's people hurting. There's people hurting and in pain all the time, all around us in the church. And we need prayer to be able to speak life and hope and destiny and, and call things out and set people free in the name of Jesus. All of that. And it's good news and we want to see it happen. So here we go. Open our Bibles. We, that's just a big need, right? So open our Bibles to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And this is Jesus teaches to pray. This is, he answers the, the request. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And he finished. as he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Yeah, I kicked into Matthew 6 there. Sorry. Your kingdom come. It's an expanded version of this prayer there. But give, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. 
And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he's his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So I want you to just think back on that passage now. What does that reveal about God? What's in there about God? The way God really is. Jesus reveals what God's like. So there's, there's stuff there like Jesus has an answer. Hey, teach us to pray. Okay, this is what you do. Say, Father, in heaven. And I'm going to just quote Matthew because it's just that's in, my, in my heart. It's what I pray daily. Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's a great prayer. It's a great prayer. And so, you know, there's, lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So Jesus, what does it teach us about Jesus? It's teaching us that God wants us to pray. What does it teach us about us? Is that we need to be taught we need to be encouraged in the place of prayer. We need to have learners' hearts in the place of prayer. I mean, the, that, those disciples could have asked, hey, teach us to do some cool miracles or teach us to do something with the poor, you know, or all these different things that the disciples could have said, but they said, teach us to pray. So Jesus was ready. He has an answer. And he says, it's about the Father. Talk to the Father. Speak his name. And so he's a God of a relationship. That's how Jesus reveals the triune God of love. He's the Son of the Father in the Spirit. So he's a triune God, the Trinity. And he's a God of relationship. Last week I talked about Count Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf and the Moravians, right? Y'all are just, remember that. I, seven days ago, man. Um, but I uh, talked about Zinzendorf and he's kind of a, uh, or a uh, rock star is probably the, not the best phrase, but he's just somebody that church planter guys like me that are trying to lead a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church, they look to Zinzendorf, who did this thing in Hernhut, and it exploded and touched the nations. More missionaries came out of Hernhut in that 100-year period than the rest of Protestant Christianity in 200 years. Out of that one church. That's, that's, that's something. It's pretty exciting. And so Zinzendorf, at the end of his life, was speaking to some pastors in Geneva, and he said this about prayer. He said, for 50 years, it has been my habit to speak to the Lord for hours on end and to address the Lord as though speaking to a friend. Amen. That's what we want to do. We want to we learn to pray like that. We want that to be a part of our lives. We want to ask for the kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let things be on the earth the way they are in heaven. And we want to ask for the needs of the day. We want to forgive as we are forgiven. Okay, so we've been forgiven. And if you're praying this, and I, 
I've told you guys, I've, I've been praying this because I'm using this thing called the divine hours and morning, noon, and, and evening. And I don't do it all three times, but you can look it up at the Vineyard Ann Arbor. There's a website and it's got this little, some great little prayers. They change all the time. But it always has the Lord's Prayer in there. And so I'm, I'm marching around in my office my, or my study at home and praying this prayer. Father, forgive us. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And you can't pray that day in and day out. And I just challenge you in the spirit, of course, not like a double dog dare or anything. But I challenge you, or if that would help you to have a spiritual walk with Jesus, I might, you know, I don't know, just kidding. But, but if you're praying that prayer and you're marching around and you're praying, Father, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us, you've got to like open your mouth and forgive people. If you've got something, it'll keep you free and clean. You know, it, you can't just nurture, you know, nurture little grudges and stuff, you know, and kind of hold on to this little pet thing, you know. Oh, God, you know, but you've got, you're carrying around a little nasty rat thing. <laughs> got a great story on that. I don't have time to tell it today, but I'll remind me to come back to the Mexican sewer rat story sometime. Okay, boy, that's a cliffhanger, isn't it? Um, but you just don't want to be holding on to the Mexican sewer rat. I'll leave it like that. Okay, so you forgive. And that's what he's telling us. He's teaching us how to pray. Lead us not into temptation. You know, persevere. Be bold in prayer. And, and again, we all have different personality types, and a lot of us are like, the Lord's in His holy temple, and I'm just going to pray silently. And sometimes we need to open our mouths and pray out, out loud prayers, especially guys. We're, we just distracted to no end. And, and it helps to open our... You can't... If you're opening your mouth and praying, it's hard to be distracted. So open your mouth. Jesus, Hebrews 5, verse 7, prayed with loud cries and tears. That's Jesus. That's right. So loud cries and tears. There's a time when it's okay to have tears. There's times when it's okay to go, God, I need a breakthrough on this. Help me. Let your kingdom come in this area of my life. You know? And so uh, those are all part of the way we pray. Ask, seek, knock, he tells us. And a reminder about the goodness and the love of the Father, just to wrap it all up. This is teaching us to pray. You're asking a Father who's infinitely better than you would understand yourself to be. And no, and no father, no father would go, your son or daughter asks for something, you're going to give them a snake or a scorpion. We wouldn't do that. But the father's so much better, and he would, he's going to give good things, good gifts, and give the Holy Spirit when we ask. So Je that's Jesus teaching us to pray. And let me just move on to some practical stuff. So he's teaching us to pray in all areas of our lives. And we apply this in all the areas of our life. We want to learn to pray. And I'll just mention a few areas personally. On the personal level, you know, I remember 30 years ago when I got my first journal and I opened up the journal to the blank page and I'm dreaming about what all God's going to do there. And I just, I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to pray a big prayer right here off the bat. And I said, God, would you make me a man of prayer? That's the first thing I, first thing I wrote in that journal. God, make me a man of prayer because I thought, that's kind of like having the goose that lays the golden egg. Because I, I knew I was going to have all kinds of needs and stuff. But if I could learn how to pray, I could tap into that. You know, so it, it's just a good thing, you know. Teach us, to, teach us to pray. Help me, Lord, to be a man of prayer. Uh, Tiffany Guild, uh, a few weeks ago, was teaching over at, uh, at Frontline. And she said, sometimes we have a hard time getting going in our prayers. He said, and she said, I want, to, I want to encourage you just to open your mouth and start praying. 
And I can't, I've remembered this 20 times since she shared that a few weeks ago. Because I'll be in my office or something, I'm like, oh man, I got this big thing coming up, and whoo, it's going to be really big. And oh, I need to, I need to, I'm going to have to really pray about this one. I'm going to need to, I'm going to get praying just here for, and I need to pray about that. Anybody ever done that? Whoo, this is going to take a lot of prayer. And now I hear Tiffany go, just open your mouth and actually start praying stuff. Just open your mouth and start, at, just, just start making, making some verbal noise and pray. You know, it's good. That's how we get started. Space and time without distraction. That's a huge part of personal prayer. I was with a pastor friend, uh, Steve. We were sitting, Steve Fish, we were sitting there and, uh, at lunch the other day. And, and I said, hey, man, what's, a, what's a, Jesus saying to you fresh right now? And he goes, he didn't even pause. Right? He goes, well, you know. He said, it's, it's an hour of prayer without distraction. That's what the Lord's saying to me. An hour of prayer without distraction. And I was like, whoa. I needed to hear that. Maybe somebody else needs to hear that. Without distraction, kind of key, without distraction. I mean, this morning, I'm marching around. I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying, praying for the, the service today. And, and I, I literally, all of a sudden, I felt my calf was feeling a little tight. And so I, I, I started stretching and I mean, several minutes went by, and I really I wasn't praying anymore. I was praying, but then I was stretching and I was doing some other stuff. And and I've I've joked with you guys before about you know my quiet times in the early days. I'd be putting on a shoe, and I, I would say, get in God's presence as quick as you can because there's a there's fluctuation in the space time continuum early in the morning when you're trying to pray. And so I'd be putting on my shoe and just go catatonic, you know. And 12 minutes would go by. And I'm like, 12 minutes, they're gone. I mean, gone, gone, gone. Like, nothing productive whatsoever. And the same thing happens with our distractions in the place of prayer. Rarely are those distractions better than the prayers that you would have been praying. Rarely, rarely. Just, oh, I need to, what's the definition of, <laughs> you have some random thought and you need to define it. Webster's Merriam Dictionary on the phone or the computer or whatever. So, Focus, undistracted prayer. Jesus, teach us to pray personally. Another area is spouse and family. Um, and I'll just tell you, some of them, we've had spiritual warfare, not with each other, but experienced spiritual warfare when we first started to move in this. And because we didn't know how to pray together. And this may be a word for somebody today, if you're married, you know, to, to learn to pray with your spouse and know that the enemy doesn't want you doing that. He doesn't want us doing that. Or parents learning to pray with kids. Creating space for learning to pray with your kids. Could be in the evening, could be in the morning. You know, for 12 years around our table, you know, that's how we did it. We had morning, fam- we had quiet times and then did morning family time. And we had God's space where we learned to do that and, and had to help disciple and work through all kinds of stuff. But there was space for that. Really huge. So that's a big one. The spouse and uh, spouse and family. And this might be a next step area for you. Now let's, let's get to corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. And this is when you gather with others. Could be two or more, but when you're gathering with someone else, God has promised to answer prayer. He's promised to, to, for us to bind things and loose things in the name of Jesus, to use the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He wants us praying. Whether it's a, just you and a couple people in your life group or in the prayer room over here or on worship nights, all these different contexts, be released to corporate prayer. Creative, wonderful. I was hearing the other night, there was some college students, I didn't know it, but I was in the discipleship school teaching. 
Someone came and said, yeah, there's a bunch of college students in the prayer room right now. They're praying and fasting, getting ready for world mandate. That they, I don't even think they got permission. <laughs> just out there just on their own. I love it. Go. Green light. Green light, you know. It's awesome. Totally awesome. CF, the, the church here, Christ Fellowship, grew out of a prayer meeting. Meeting on Friday nights, praying. Three, four hours every, every Friday night. People hungry for the presence of God. When we started the church, revival was breaking out in different parts of the country. And people said, we need to do it like Brownsville, or we need to do it like someplace in Florida, or we need to do it like Toronto. And the Lord spoke to us and said, gather together and pray the kingdom prayer and see what I want to do in your midst. Yeah. And so for seven years in a row, we prayed the kingdom prayer every, every Tuesday night. You know, and there were seasons in there of just wild stuff happening, salvations. There was one season we wrote on butcher paper from the ceiling to the floor, all the lost people that we knew that needed to know our friends that needed to know Jesus. And we started praying for them by name and asking for one person to be saved every single week. And for one year straight calendar year, one person was saved every single week. It was awesome. And then, and then the next year, we started praying for five, and we didn't make it. We, we, it's kind of, I don't know, we came, just kind of came out to our senses or something. But, but we had five salvations into February every single week. We were praying with faith. And the Lord wants to stir that up in our midst. He wants to stir up corporate prayer in our midst. Uh, there was a time when I had a brother who's now with the Lord, um, Eridard Mikasa from Kampala, Uganda. And he told me, he said, Jamie, you need exposure invited me to come to Kampala with him, and I went to an all-night uh, prayer meeting. Uh, I didn't know, it's, it's actually what this church, they do, like, that was, they do that every Friday night. Our, our Friday night prayer meetings were like from 7, we were really into it, they'd go to 10 or something. They start at 10, and then go to 6 a.m., and I mean, wow. I mean, the brothers and sisters there could pray. It was awesome, and, and Eridard told me, he said, I believe that the corporate prayer meeting is the most important meeting of the church because it makes a way for everything else that's going to happen. Isn't that exciting? It's a, good, it's a good word. And so I want to come back to what I was talking about a minute ago from Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. I was getting ready the other day and I felt like the Lord say it's time to start play, praying blimp prayers over the church and over the city. Blimp prayers. So you can imagine a big blimp. And it's just flying around. Actually, there's some more meaning to it than that. The blimp prayer is big, loving, immeasurably more prayers. So let's just pray big, loving, immeasurably. He, there's a promise. I will do, he can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. So let's pray some big prayers over the church, over TCU, pray big prayers. Over the high schools, pray big prayers. Over the city, pray big prayers. Over the unity movement that's going on right now in the city, let's pray big prayers. We had a prayer meeting, an all-city prayer meeting the other, the other night. It was just absolutely awesome. Incredible. Incredible. And so, just as I'm wrapping this up, God wants us to be a house of prayer for all nations. And so pray regularly for the guys that we have out right now, church planting teams in Thailand. Pray, oh God, reach the Buddhists in Thailand. Father, open their eyes. May the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus shine into their hearts in the name of Jesus. 
Pray for Thailand. Pray for Croatia, for Zagreb and the church that we planted there. Pray that they would flourish. They would grow and make disciples. Pray like you would want to be prayed for. That's how you pray. Pray for uh, this country in Southeast Asia where we just sent a team. And I think I'm not supposed to say from... You ask anybody, but I'm just not going to say it right now. But uh, just got, got a team there. Pray for Southeast Asia, for that whole peninsula, Thailand and all those other countries out there. To, to be saved and to know Jesus. Man, pray, pray big prayers. Pray for America. Pray for Fort Worth. Pray for us. All this news and information that I was just given about the nuns in Fort Worth. Pray for that. Pray that people will come to know Jesus this year. Pray for the church in Fort Worth. Pray, you know, I want to pray. Lord, bless Pleasant Mount Gilead Missionary Baptist Church. Lord, bless Chris at, at McKinney. Bless McKinney Bible Church in the name of Jesus. Father, bless Wes over at Hewland Street in the name of Jesus. Bless him. Bless the church that's coming together right now. Bless Darius Johnson and all the brothers and sisters over at Christ Church, Assembly of God. Bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, bless Mike Dean at Travis Avenue Baptist in Jesus' mighty name. He's bringing us together. We're eating meals together. We're starting to love each other more and more clearly. And trust is rising. Walls are coming down. It's exciting. You know, and so we're stepping into this time right now of, of Revive DFW where we're going to do revival stuff from, from, uh, from Easter to Pentecost. And there's going to be prayer, worship, people going out on the streets, getting words. It's just an amazing thing that's bringing all of the city together. I met the brother who's leading this thing, Kyle Morgan, and uh, he was just in town last week. And so this thing doesn't start until Easter, but he, somebody asked him to go speak to 250 uh, athletes over at Boswell High School. And I got a picture this past Wednesday morning of this room packed out with all of these students and 51 students standing at the front of the room who had just received Jesus Christ. The, the revival hasn't even started yet, and God's already reaching people. Oh, hey, this is the picture. Wow, that's awesome. That's Kyle standing there in the middle. Those are the, those are the guys. And of those guys that said, I want to follow Jesus, 50 of them signed up to be one-on-one -on -one discipled by somebody. Seven churches have already stepped up, and all those guys are taken care of. That's exciting. That's good news. It's exciting. Blimp prayers builds the bridge. But we need learners' hearts this year. Can we just say, I don't have it figured out. I want to learn to pray again. Maybe you were you know, a prayer warrior, veins person in the years past, and God wants to take you to a new place again. Just a whole new place of praying and worshiping and, and learning how to do this. Let's be learners this year, and uh, I think God's going to do outstanding things this year. So stand up. Worship team, ministry team, come on. If you're visiting, we do this every Sunday. We just have a response time, just a little bit of ministry where we can get some prayer and kind of let the Word take a, even a deeper place in our hearts. And I, let me just set it up like this and say, this may be the most important thing that, that happens all morning long is what happens right now in this moment. And I want to give three invitations. The first one is to follow Jesus. If you've not been clear in a decision to follow Jesus or you want to re-up on that decision to follow Jesus, you know, there's, there's other steps you know, in that process, but it starts with faith. You've got to believe and say, I want to do this. I want you, Lord. I want to follow you. And other steps would be like what we just saw just a minute ago, to be baptized and 
to commit to being a disciple all the days of your life. But another invitation. So if that's you, come forward, get prayer. Another invitation, though. Is this still on? Yeah. Um, another invitation would be that if something's stirring in you, right now as we're talking about prayer, like, I want to see this happen. I want to learn to pray this year. I want to go for it this year. If that's stirring, all that stuff's stirring, then come and get prayer. Because, I mean, we want to, we want to go for it. And, and if the front fills up, then get, y'all pray for each other. Just, just pray for it. It's like, Lord, help us. Take the next step to go for it this year. In Jesus' name. And, and then finally, the third invitation is if you're hurting, you have a prayer need, you're going through something hard, please don't leave without getting someone to pray. God answers prayer. There's power that's released when we pray. So whatever your need is, come. He's good. He wants to hear us. He wants to answer our prayers. In Jesus' name, you guys come. Get prayer. Amen. Thank you, Lord.